Greetings this Monday, Thursday. God's people have a history of lamenting things that are lost. Regardless of the reason that they are lost, God's people are honest that they grieve when things are lost. We see this in the Holy Scriptures in an entire book simply entitled Lamentations. We see it also in the Psalms, in particular Psalms, which the church has always called Lament Psalms. And so let us lament a few things this night. For on Monday, Thursday, our usual service revolves around the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We usually begin our service on Monday, Thursday with what our hymnal calls corporate confession. And when we are beginning that, we remind ourselves that our whole reason for being there that night is that we intend to celebrate the Lord's Supper. After we've confessed our sins, we come forward in our congregations, usually individually, to receive absolution from our pastor. And when we do that, we are assured that Christ has forgiven our sins, and therefore we have a place at his table. Throughout the service, normally, the hymns that we sing are those that speak about communion. In fact, that's so true that our hymnal doesn't really have too many hymns just for Monday, Thursday, because the assumption is that since Monday, Thursday is all about communion, you'll simply be using the hymns that are in the communion section. The readings, of course, also all point us to the blessing that Holy Communion is for us and tell us of that night in which our Lord Jesus gave that precious gift. And of course, that service concludes with the actual celebration of the Lord's Supper normally. After that, on Monday, Thursday, we always move our minds towards Good Friday. The service for Monday, Thursday ends and a brief fast from the Lord's Supper begins. We will not taste of it again until we sing our Alleluia's on Easter morning. And to remind us of this, the altar where the supper is normally set is stripped. First, the communion vessels are taken off the altar, and then all of the other adornments are removed as well. It is to remind us that the elements will not be sat there again until Easter morning. Well, this year it seems that the altar got stripped early, and that is a reason for mourning. This week, we would have had the Lord's Supper three times in our congregations. We would have had it on Palm Sunday, on Monday, Thursday, and on Easter Sunday. And yet this year, we are fasting from the Lord's Supper. We're fasting longer than any church calendar would suggest that we should have at this time of year. As I went this week and began to prepare this service, it was evident to me that we had lost something. For almost none of the parts of the service that we usually would use tonight seemed proper to use because they all pointed in one way or another to the fact that we would be receiving the Lord's Supper this night. But instead, we are fasting from the Lord's Supper. Of course, one can fast for a while and not die. But a fast is never pleasant and it is not pleasant today. The church is scattered and the altar is empty. Lord, have mercy. Oh yes, Jesus is still with us in his word. We are still baptized. We still hear his word and we pray, but his bodily presence among us has been removed for a time. Lord, have mercy. Tonight, we would normally be gathering together 
to eat and to drink this holy meal. And yet instead we sit in our homes apart. Lord, have mercy. O Good Friday every year appears at the end of our service on Monday, Thursday, to strip away from us the gift of the Lord's Supper for a time, in order that we might solemnly reflect on our Lord's death. But this year, Good Friday came early, it seems. If we have not appreciated the supper as we should before, let us do so now. May God be merciful to us, and may he return us to his supper soon. May he forgive our sins in Jesus and allow us again soon to eat his body and drink his blood, which was given and shed for us. Amen. Our service then tonight will be a brief service of the word, reflecting upon the other thing that happened on Monday, Thursday evening, namely Jesus giving what he calls a new command to love one another, even as he washed his disciples' feet. At the end of that service of the word, we will again see the altar stripped as we prepare our hearts to meditate upon our Lord's death tomorrow. The Lord be with you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, 
confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you of all of your sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives the power to become the children of God, and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen. The Entrite, Psalm 116, Selected Verses. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me, Therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol lay hold of me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant us a steadfast faith in Jesus Christ a cheerful hope in your mercy, and sincere love for you and one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Monday, Thursday, is from Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. They shall not eat any of it raw or boiled in water but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. 
you shall keep it as a feast. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed, does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. 
a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The text that calls for our attention this Monday, Thursday day is our gospel reading for tonight from John chapter 13, especially these words of Jesus, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All of us right now are learning new standards of personal hygiene. We're singing happy birthday to absolutely no one as we wash our hands in our bathrooms. The only publicly traded stocks that one might unquestionably invest in right now are companies like Purell that make hand sanitizer. That cloth that covers the inside of your elbow, well, soon you may need to throw that out into the fire because you've sneezed in it so many times. But you know, there were things we already knew about personal hygiene before all this stuff hit, like this simple rule. Don't touch people's feet, especially if they're dirty or sweaty. Stay away from those mucky metatarsals, those funky phalanges, those terrible toes. Do that, of course, unless you love the person to whom those toes belong and are willing to humble yourself to show it. You see, it seems in Jesus' day also, no one liked touching toes. And that is why they had servants do this kind of work. Those of a higher estate would not even consider doing such a thing. There were things important people did, and there were things servants did. And washing feet was one of those things servants did. Important people believed that they were there to be served and that unpleasant things should be done for them rather than being done by them. Jesus, of course, knew this was how people thought about things naturally, that they would try to get power and then use that power to make others serve them. But Jesus said that this would not be the way in his kingdom. It would not be the way among his followers. He told his apostles that they could not and should not think this way. He told them that the one who would be greatest in his kingdom was the one who would become the lowest or the least. And he not only said it, but he showed it. He took off his outer garments and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he washed his disciples' presumably dirty feet. The master became the servant because he loved his disciples. And we, we are to do likewise. Oh, not that we are just to go around washing everyone's feet, unless, of course, they need that, then we should. But we are to go about doing those things we might otherwise think are beneath us, in order that we might love and serve one another. Jesus says that his disciples are to be known by this trait, that they love one another. Indeed, when people looked in on his disciples, they should see an uncommon love among them, that they went out of their way to serve one another, to show how much they loved one another. And Jesus tells us that this is the way we are to be known as well. And so I ask you, is it? Is it what we are known for? That we are so loving towards one another in the body of Christ? Is that what we do? And is that what people know about us? Now, at times, I think we do these kind of things as the Spirit works in us, and the world does see it and marvels. But we must admit that this is not something we do always. Sometimes, instead of being known for loving one another, we are known instead as people who try to exert our power and influence to get what we want in our local congregations, to make sure that everyone else serves our desires. We're willing to push and shove a little to get our way. 
Other times we're known for holding what is ours pretty tightly and only exercising charity when all the other avenues for the needy have already been used up. We sometimes love in words, but not in deed or in truth. And sometimes we hold grudges against one another over things that we hardly even remember. We refuse to be reconciled. But when we do these things, we ought to know we are not Jesus' disciples when we do them. That is to say, we are not following his example. We're not following that example he set Monday, Thursday, when he washed his disciples' feet. We're not following his example that he set on Good Friday when he laid down his life for those very disciples and for the whole world. We're not loving one another to the end like Jesus did. And if we are doing this, well then, to use the language of our text, we have very dirty feet, feet dirtied with sin. But thankfully, Jesus is here to wash them. Oh, you have already been made clean in baptism, but your feet, yes, you have soiled them up something fierce. But know this, Jesus will wash you. If you refuse his washing, you have no part with Jesus. So don't refuse. Just stick them out there. He comes to clean your mucky metatarsals, your funky phalanges, your terrible toes. He becomes the least in order that he might love and save you. And as his spirit fills us up, well, then we get to proclaim that Jesus, in fact, is the greatest in the kingdom. And therefore, we follow his example. We, too, love one another. And then the world will see it and know that we are his. Amen. And then may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We pray the litany. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, hear us. God the Father in heaven, have mercy. God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy. Be gracious to us, spare us, good Lord. Be gracious to us, help us, good Lord. From all sin, from all error, from all evil, from the crafts and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from pestilence and famine, from war and bloodshed, from sedition and from rebellion, from lightning and tempest, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death, good Lord, deliver us. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Help us, good Lord. In all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death and in the day of judgment, help us, good Lord. We poor sinners implore you to hear us, good Lord, to rule and govern your holy Christian church, to preserve all pastors and ministers of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your wholesome word, and to sustain them in holy living, 
to put an end to all schisms and causes of offense, and to bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived, to beat down Satan under our feet, and to send faithful laborers into your harvest, and to accompany your word with your grace and spirit. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to raise those who fall, to strengthen those who stand, and to comfort and help the weak-hearted and the distressed. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to give to all peoples concord and peace, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection in every time of need, to direct and defend our president and all in authority, to bless and protect our magistrates and all people, to watch over and help all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, to protect and guide all who travel, to grant all women with child and all mothers with infant children increasing happiness in their blessings, to defend all orphans and widows and provide for them, to strengthen and to keep all sick persons and young children, to free those in bondage, and to have mercy on us all. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts, to give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth, and graciously to hear our prayers. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we implore you to hear us. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Psalm 22 My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning. O oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And you are fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm, and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bowls encompass me, strong bowls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all of my bones are out of joint. 
My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow down all who go to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. 